Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, the debate over guns in America always spurs emotional rhetoric on both sides, but State Representative John Cross says the way he and other legislators were characterized in a Courier editorial this week goes too far, and he's responding with harsh words of his own. Also this morning, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Alice Cooper explains his connection, aside from the name, to Cooper Tire's Driven to Perform contest and reflects on what it takes to go from garage band to superstardom. And ahead of Earth Day, a collection of environmentally friendly toys with many different ways of reinforcing the same message to the next generation, the importance of protecting our natural resources. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Wednesday, April 21st, 2021. It is Administrative Professionals Day today, uh, formerly known as Secretary's Day. Also, it is Big Word Day today. So this is the day to use voluminous words while confabulating with others. The intention of impressing those you converse with. Uh, Big Word Day. Keep off the grass day today. Um, At least until the snow melts. Kindergarten Day, it is National Banana Day, National Chocolate-Covered Cashews Day, National Tea Day. Have a spot of tea today. It is Tuna Rights Day, because tuna have rights too. And World Creativity and Innovation Day today as well. Reasons to celebrate. There are always reasons to celebrate. This is kind of interesting. Uh, Americans who are stir-crazy after more than a year of lockdowns and travel restrictions, are looking to get away from it all. And where are we going for the upcoming Memorial Day weekend, the first major holiday weekend since vaccinations have really made headway? Um, It was just announced that half of U.S. adults have gotten at least one COVID-19 vaccine shot. So half of Americans are at least partially vaccinated. And with that, the Washington Post says the travel industry is expecting it to be a very busy three-day weekend this coming Memorial Day. And uh, people do seem to be favoring more open spaces and natural environments as opposed to urban trips. Also more off-the-beaten-path locations, but the most popular destinations that Americans are booking for Memorial Day travel, national parks, uh, interest in the national parks has exploded in 2021. Hawaii is very popular since reopening to tourists late last year. Uh, Florida beaches are are very popular, also um, contributing to that, the limited COVID restrictions in the state of Florida. Uh, Mexico uh, is very popular. Big bookings to Mexico. Uh, They do not have any entry restrictions in the country. So that is uh, big and has been throughout the pandemic for those who have been traveling, continues to be so. But the top most popular city on Priceline.com for Memorial Day weekend hotel bookings, Las Vegas. (laughs) Why am I not surprised? That's Las Vegas. Uh, Speaking of travel and the upcoming uh, travel season, summer right around the corner and the official motto for summer 2021 has been revealed. 
2019, it was Hot Girl Summer. That was the official motto, apparently. Did you know that? I did not know that. But apparently that was the official motto in 2019. 2020 was all about the pandemic. So I don't know that we really had a motto. But 2021's official summer motto, vaxxed and waxed. (laughs) That's what, that's the official motto. The phrase is trending on social media as fully vaccinated people plan to emerge from quarantine to safely reconnect with friends, family, and beloved pre-virus activities this summer. Uh, Mashable makes note of this, saying, yes, it is a ridiculous, thirsty, and slightly annoying saying, but we've all been through a lot. We're excited to get back out there, so I think we've earned this unhinged motto as a treat. (laughs) That's what they say on Mashable. Vaxxed and waxed for 2021. Uh, let's see. You remember yesterday we were talking about the simple pleasures, uh, being, uh, the, the, the best, especially in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic, we've, we've, uh, gained a new appreciation for the simple pleasures in life. Here is another, uh, case of that. Many Americans, according to a new study, can't wait to go to the laundromat. <laughs> Uh, They say uh, mundane things, things considered mundane before the pandemic, are now becoming the highlight of our week. A survey of 2,000 Americans discovered that nearly a third, 32%, say the simple chore of doing laundry has become the highlight of their entire week. 69% say that after spending so much time indoors, any new experience at all feels like a thrill. I get it, but laundry going to the laundromat, really? We we must really, really be desperate. Uh, A couple of other uh, interesting things here off the newswire among the first things you need to know this morning. How crazy is it that uh, a lot of places that are hiring now in the post-pandemic economy are having trouble finding enough workers Uh, restaurants in the u.s reportedly facing staffing issues and one fast food owner in florida has gone so far as enticing people to come in for interviews by paying 50 dollars to anyone who just takes an interview um blake casper who owns a number of mcdonald's restaurants in the tampa area says he is offering 50 bucks cash to anyone who comes in for an interview. Doesn't even have to take the job. Just come in for an interview. According to him, the general manager and supervisor of uh, one of their uh, locations in Tampa came up with the idea. Restaurants reportedly facing worker shortages as businesses reopen after lockdown. Many fear going out to work in jobs with the public, and uh, many are collecting Enhanced unemployment benefits. So this is causing a crunch. Surprisingly, it says here in the story, the $50 offer has not attracted many applicants. He says other hiring efforts have actually worked better, including hiring bonuses and raising starting wages to attract more workers. But $50 just to take an interview. (laughs) That's crazy. Um, 
And how about this? A uh, very interesting story, certainly a buzzworthy story, something to uh, think about and consider. And I didn't even know this was a thing, but apparently this has been going on for some time now. A minor change to the official uniform of the U.S. Army intended to protect soldiers has led to a rather touchy problem for female service members. Allow me to explain. The updated, the updated uniform protocol for the U.S. Army, uh, or I guess this, this is a new uniform, uh, has a collar, uh, the shirt has a collar designed to be worn in an up position rather than folded down. The collar is, uh, is up and it's there to protect the neck while the soldier is wearing body armor. This is according to the Army Times. The problem is this requires the rank, the the pin indicating a soldier's rank to be moved from the collar to the chest. And the new rank placement has created some uncomfortable situations for male and female soldiers alike. Firstly, it gives service members and civilians a free pass to stare at a women's uh, woman's chest. And that's a little uncomfortable. It's also a concern for women during promotion ceremonies, where it is customary for a senior military official to remove the old rank pin and replace it with the new insignia. And if viewed at a certain angle, it can appear as if a male soldier is fondling uh, the uh, female soldier during during that ceremony. Even worse, it could be appear... It could appear as if he is brushing his hand on her breasts, which could be perceived as sexual assault. The uniform military code. Officers have found workarounds, and there is little evidence that the design has led to an increase in sexual harassment or assault cases since it was instituted. But regardless, the Army, uh, the Army Times suggests the rank should be moved back to the collar uh, from the uh, from the chest. So a big controversy in the military. I didn't even know this. Apparently this has been going on for like a decade uh, or longer. But uh, anyway, just kind of interesting. I happen to see that on the uh, newswire. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Wednesday morning started. WFIN News, I'm John Marshall. The WTOL 11 first alert forecast. Clouds giving way to some sunshine this afternoon. Windy with a high near 40. Chance of an evening shower, then clearing widespread frost overnight with the low dropping to 27. The COVID-19 numbers are beginning to improve in the area. In preliminary results, just two cases were reported on Tuesday in Wood County with no others noted in the listing area. Monday's figures were revised upward with 40 total cases now reported in Allen, Hancock, Hardin, Putnam, Seneca, Wood, and Wyandotte counties. No new COVID-related deaths have been reported in the same area over the last 12 days. Northbound Interstate 75 will be restricted to one lane starting at 7 o'clock tonight, according to the Ohio Department of Transportation. The 12-hour restriction through the U.S. 68 interchange on Findlay's south side will allow for bridge maintenance. The right two lanes will be closed while traffic will be maintained in the left lane. As always, drivers passing through the area should use caution in the work zone. It's official, the Finley Trojans will be members of the Northern Lakes League. 
The school is one of four invited to join the NLL earlier this month. On Monday night, Finley City School Board of Education approved the change. Trojan Athletic Director Nate Wyrow explained the reasons behind the move on WFIN on Tuesday. The scheduling, travel, and stability of the conference. Just the uncertainty with the Three Rivers Athletic Conference, what was going to happen knowing that you had possibility of Fremont, Whitmer, Oregon Clay leaving the existing conference. The Trojans are expected to begin play in the NLL no later than the 23-24 school year. The Oregon City and Washington local school boards are expected to vote on the plan at their meetings tonight. Fremont City Schools Board will consider the change at its regular meeting next Monday. All are expected to approve the change in conference affiliation. More news online anytime at WFIN.com. I'm John Marshall for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. And now our cover story this morning. The recent spate of gun violence nationally has once again reignited the debate over firearms and gun laws in America. It is a debate that is often marked with emotionally and even incendiary rhetoric on both sides. But an editorial by Ogden Newspapers published in Monday's edition of The Courier characterized State Representative John Cross and others as, quote, pro-massacre for their stance on the issue. And that say those legislators, is a bridge too far. Representative John Cross is with us this morning. Mr. Cross, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. First of all, I want to read an excerpt of that editorial for the benefit of those who did not see, uh, who did not see it. It begins, and I'm quoting here, Republicans in Columbus and in Washington risk becoming known as pro-massacre legislators if all they continue to offer after mass killings are thoughts and prayers. In Columbus just this week, 14 Ohio lawmakers joined to support legislation that would undermine any federal regulations that might be adopted to stem the tide of violence to keep those weapons of mass destruction out of the hands of mentally deranged individuals or others who would commit mass murder, unquote. They go on to use the term pro-massacre two more times in the piece. You issued a response describing that as reckless and unethical, a false characterization and fear-mongering and demanding a retraction. I understand that you did speak with the editor of The Courier yesterday. What can you tell us about that conversation? Well, good morning, Chris. Thank you. And I take this very seriously. The voters and my constituents in my district understand that I am a strong supporter of the Second Amendment. I also understand that not everybody will agree with me on issues, and those issues certainly can be debated. But I will not tolerate, and I will not be called a killer and a pro-massacre legislator. So yesterday, I received an email from the Courier publisher. And just for your listeners to understand, that the Ogden News owns the Courier. This was the publisher of the Courier, and he said two things to me. In an email. First, he wants to meet uh, and have a discussion, which I'm happy to do. Number two, he said that that editorial was published without his okay. So I'd like to know what is going on over there at the Courier, and how how can editorials get slipped in without the publisher uh, uh, not giving his thumbs up to publish it? And number three, and most importantly, he said in his own words to me that that editorial certainly crossed the line with inflammatory language. So clearly, that editorial was out of bounds, uncalled for, and I will not be called a killer. I will not be called pro-massacre. I am a strong pro-Second Amendment uh, legislator. Now, 
The other issue, Chris, is this issue was based upon policy that I co-sponsored, which is making Ohio a Second Amendment sanctuary state. And, and just real quickly for your listeners, it's a very basic legislation to make sure the federal government does not impede on our Second Amendment rights. Yeah, I, and and you can yeah. almost and you can right you can almost use the elections. The 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 federal government and and Nancy Pelosi has House Resolution One to make the federal elections and take over the state's rights for elections. They can do it for elections. They certainly can try. Uh, on our Second Amendment rights, and that's why we support that legislation. Yeah, I, I wanted to uh, get into uh, that with respect to the substance of the editorial, setting aside sure. the rhetoric, which I think we would all agree sure. is not helpful in the discussion. The legislation that you refer to is HB 62. It is in committee now and still a long way from any kind of vote. The general gist, as you said, is to declare any federal gun control regulation that the state legislature does not agree with as null and void, basically. It is legislation that is that is in fact being promoted by the NRA and other gun lobby groups, and a number of legal scholars have described it as symbolic and unenforceable. What is your response to those who say that this is just a, a, a feel-good piece of legislation that would not survive a court challenge? Well, I think, listen, we don't, we don't, I, I know my colleagues in Columbus, we don't put feel-good legislation out there uh, just for the sake of it. I think we take the sanctuary state legislation very seriously. And most importantly, uh, uh, our legislative service commission that, that writes the bills that helps us write the bills, they'll let us know if something is unconstitutional. And, and once again, we are a country uh, that has three separate, but equal branches of government. We have the, uh, uh, executive branch, the legislative branch and the judicial branch. The courts will let us know if it's unconstitutional, but, but it's our job to protect the state from a federal overreach. Uh, sadly, you can tell there's a theme here between everything we've dealt with COVID and everything else is for whatever reason, the government likes to overreach and we're just trying to put protective measures in place to make sure that the state of Ohio and Ohioans are protected from these overreaches. Certainly understand the desire to protect the Second Amendment, and I think uh, most folks, particularly uh, in this area, in your district, would obviously agree with that. But a growing number of even pro-Second Amendment uh, individuals are saying that they're, that we do have a problem here. This is the bottom line. We do have a problem. No other country in the world sees the kind of violence involving guns with the kind of frequency that we see in this country and polls are showing growing support for some action to reverse those trends and when i see those polls uh, i i think to myself it's not so much i don't think it supports so much for any specific gun regulations so much as it is a populist that just wants it to stop. I mean, in the conversations that I have with individuals, uh, I, I hear a lot of times, I don't care how, but it is tiring to hear the only response being thoughts and prayers. I mean, what what solutions are you offering if not additional gun regulations? Well, the, so first, you know, I think that, uh, that, there are two things that are non-negotiable for me in the 83rd district. 
And I really believe, Chris, the 83rd District are very strong pro-gun Second Amendment uh, folks. No question. And and those are the people that I don't worry about, Chris. I I know that good gun owners uh, are the ones we don't have to worry about. We are also doing things with mental health and a lot of other uh, social service issues that um, can try to be of help. But I don't think, I mean, I think the debate will just always be going on, Chris, because at the end of the day, sometimes you can't stop crazy and you can't stop madness. And, uh, and, and, and I, I do not uh, follow the argument that the gun kills people. Uh, nice guns, cars, uh, there's several things that people can do to hurt people. Um, but I have encouraged people and, and times like this, you, you see gun sales going up. You, you can't get ammo. Um, people are, uh, my wife and I are, are CCW. Uh, we have our CCWs to mm-hmm. protect us, you know, times like this. I think people are also, uh, more in a, a defense mode versus offense. And we've looked at other legislation like, sta- you know, stand your ground legislation that we passed to make sure that, you know, uh, if you are protecting your family, you are protecting yourself, you're protecting your life in a moment of crisis, that you don't feel like you're going to be hauled off to jail and be the bad guy of the situation. You know, you should be able to defend yourself if someone is, is rightly attacking you. So, so uh, yes, we are addressing other legislation, particularly in this budget. Uh, we're about to go down to Columbus today. I don't know what Mother Nature did today to us. She's certainly <laughs> grumpy with the snow on the ground. But but we are going to go to Columbus and vote uh, on the budget today. And then within the budget, we're dealing with, uh, you know, uh, mental health issues and uh, obviously the, the drug issues. And, you know, we're trying to we're trying to not just throw money at the problem. But we also understand there's a lot of things, uh, a lot of people under stress. COVID has caused a lot of mental stress just as much as uh, physical stress but again i think this debate will go on forever because like i said you can't stop people uh the madness and the craziness that people happen and sadly when someone wants to do something to harm somebody the best way is to be, is to protect yourself and i encourage people to get your ccw license uh and, and protect yourself and protect your family and many times Chris, like here in Kenton, uh, where I live, uh, the sheriff's department, who they do fabulous work, but there only maybe be two or three deputies on the road mm-hmm. and something would happen yeah. where someone would come into my house, attack my family. They may be 15 minutes away. Yeah, we've uh, we've talked about that uh, before. And, and certainly, as you point out, uh, this is a debate that will uh, continue uh, certainly ad infinitum. We don't see any um, uh, resolution uh, to that debate anytime soon. With respect to uh, HB 62, as we mentioned, that is in committee now, still a long way from uh, any kind of vote but one uh piece of legislation that we will continue to follow again state representative john cross with us this morning miss cross thanks very much for taking the time as always we appreciate it thanks thanks chris great to be on Well, you might have heard that Findlay-based Cooper Tire has launched a nationwide contest called Driven to Perform, giving garage bands nationwide a chance to be seen and heard on the biggest stage of their lives and be mentored by rock legend and Hall of Famer Alice Cooper, who joins us on the line this morning. What was it about this promotion that 
struck a chord with you, no pun intended. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I keep hearing rock is dead, and uh, I don't believe that at all. You know, uh, I mean, as long as you have bands like Aerosmith and Foo Fighters and Alice Cooper and, you know, bands that just keep rocking right along, rock is not dead. And there's bands in garages right now, you know, that are rocking out 16-year-old kids learning, you know, every kind of rock and roll there is. Yeah. Uh, and with Cooper's Tires, we decided let's find out who, uh, let's find the best garage band that, you know, that hasn't been signed. Uh, and let's give them a chance to open for Evanescence. On a, on a virtual concert, and it came down to these three bands, and all three of them are, are unique to each other, but yeah. they're all three really good bands. Yeah. Y you have talked in the past about your beginnings with the original members of the Alice Cooper band. I went back and read an interview you did with Rolling Stone right before the Hall of Fame induction, and you talked about how you guys all knew each other in high school, everything that you had gone through together. I would think that bands that have that kind of camaraderie and shared experience are the ones that may be kind of ahead of the curve when it comes to finding success. Would that be true? You know, and, it, and it, it, that's very true. And at the same time, you know, when you get past that, you get to other bands, you always want to surround yourself with the best players. And you always want to surround yourself, not just with the best players, but with people that you really like. Yeah. You know, my original band, we all, we were all best friends and, uh, and we still are. And same thing with the band I have now, my touring band and the Hollywood vampires, Johnny Depp and Joe Perry and myself and all these other great musicians. We've been together seven years. We've never had a argument. Hmm. And that's the kind of band you want to be in. Yeah. You know, because then it's fun. Yeah. There's no egos involved. There's no, nobody's worrying about money. Nobody's worrying about this. It's all about the music. And I think that's what it comes down to when you get three bands that kind of race to the top, I guarantee you those three bands are friends. They're all good friends. Yeah. Or they wouldn't have gotten to this point. Yeah. And, and having been there yourself, do you instantly know when a garage band has it, you know, whatever that, that special it is? Well, the bands that opened for us, you know, uh, when you look at the list of the bands that opened for us, it's pretty impressive. Uh, Guns N' Roses, ACDC, <laughs> ZZ Top, Blondie, you know, I yeah. mean, you go down the list and all those bands we picked because we saw something in those bands and every one of them became major, major acts. Yeah. Joan Jett. I mean, uh, it's like a know, Billy Squire. It's like all a who's who. Became, yeah. Uh, all became gigantic bands. Uh, and I think that's because if you're in a band, you can hear the quality in another band. Yeah. And you can just feel the vibe of that band. Are they gonna? Are they gonna last? Bands like Foo Fighters, they get up on stage and they have fun up there, mm -hmm. and that's because they're all best friends. Yeah. So uh, tell us about this contest. You mentioned you're down to three finalists. There's one from L.A., of course, because there has yeah. to be one from L.A., uh, one from uh, Central Illinois, and one from Columbus, in fact. And fans can vote for their favorite, right? Yeah, they can vote at www.driventoperformanceconcerts.com. Uh, and uh, the, the thing about it is, is, is like these three bands are 
not alike at all. Yeah. They're three in different flavors. And uh, to hear them do one of my songs, they did it three different ways, which I really thought was kind of cool. Yeah. They inserted their own, you know, their own sound into what into one of my songs. That tells me that they're very adaptable. That tells me that they've, they've been a band for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, and Cooper's Tires, you know, they said, we believe like you did that rock is not dead and that let's find the best band. And then the winning band is going to open, as you mentioned, for Evanescence in a special live stream concert that you will host. And we've actually had Amy Lee on this show in the past. She is an awesome talent. She's a great girl. And, uh, you know, that band is another one of those bands that lasted, you know, the, the, the test of time. Mm-hmm. Because, again, they were a great band. They brought something new to the table. You know, uh, Amy brought something brand new to the table. and. That to me, I look for that. Yeah, I look. What makes this band unique to anybody else? And uh, and, and these three bands, they will develop that. Yeah, they, whoever wins this, or even the other two bands, if they don't win, they'll yeah. still go to the next level. Yeah, and they just keep going up until finally, you know, you you start headlining. And uh, voting, as I understand it, is open through the 28th of this month. Uh, the concert featuring right. the winning garage band will be May 13th, right? May 13th. And, uh, you know, that's going to be a great exposure for them. Yeah. You know, uh, if, if they're unsigned and if I was a record company, I'd be going, okay, yeah, let's uh, all three of them. Yeah. You know, should should be getting contracts I think out of this. And uh so we will link up to that on our webpage folks can check it out. Uh they can uh find where to to link up to the concert, vote for their favorite band. It really is a, a cool promotion again voting open through the 28th of this month. And before we let you go, you have a new album out, Detroit Stories, debuted at number 1 back in February, which kind of takes you back to some of those early roots we were talking about earlier. How much fun was that to put together? Together, especially over the course of the past year. Well, the funny thing was, was our band moved to Detroit in 1969, 1970 and made friends with the Stooges and the MC five and, you know, uh, Ted Nugent and Bob Seger and mm-hmm. all, all the Detroit bands. And on this album is, you know, uh, Johnny B from, from Mitch Ryder, uh, Wayne Kramer from the MC five, Mark Farner, you know, uh, I, I picked a bunch of Detroit players who were the best players, uh, Paul Rudolph on bass. And, I, and you know, we didn't expect the album to debut at number one, but <laughs> people love the album. So, I mean, there it was. Awesome stuff. Again, uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Alice Cooper with us this morning. He is part of the uh, Finley-based Cooper Tire Driven to Perform Garage Band Contest, which, as we mentioned, we will link up on our webpage. Uh, Everybody got to check that out. Alice Cooper, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. It is an honor, sir. And thank you so much, and hopefully we'll be back out on tour by the end of summer. Amen to that. Now time for our ongoing Keeping the Faith series this morning. One thing that we uh, have hopefully learned over the course of the past year is that optimism and a trust in God can carry us through even the most difficult of times. Still, having said that, 
There are times over the past year where it's been very difficult to be optimistic about anything, and many people have struggled with their faith. But now as the pandemic continues to diminish, we're sort of rediscovering that. Uh, faith in the American spirit of optimism is beginning to return. Correspondent John Clemens reports this morning, Keeping the Faith. International motivational speaker Kimberly Reed is encouraging us to make 2021 the best year ever as we put 2020 behind us. We've all been faced with trials, and we are learning now how to navigate this remade nation. Many people have lost jobs, loved ones, members of their community. And much of the structure that previously made up our lives, but the great pivot is that most people are now more optimistic than ever. I just read in USA Today, most people, 70%, believe that the worst is behind us. And I do too. Reed believes the lessons of 2020 represent blessings. In 2020, for most of us, I want our listeners to understand that the lessons in 2020 are our greatest blessings. And there is power in our survival. And that is a reason because what we learned, our power of our experiences, are our greatest blessings. It changes who we are. We have to live bigger than our thoughts and our fears. Reed's book, Optimists Always Win, reminds us that through it all, God was there. God punctuates our lives in a season with crisis moments that test our faith of various degrees, designed for our everlasting good. And for thousands of years, God's people have known times of trouble. And we have scriptures that describe faith not only as those who never saw trouble, but as those who cried out to whom they believed. And in my circumstance, it was God. As Christians, we should understand that everything happens for a reason. In time, you realize, or that you come to realize, that it happened for a reason, and it made you better because of it. It strengthened your faith because of it. It ignited your optimism be- because of it. There is a lesson to be learned in every single situation that we count- encounter in life. Good or bad, you've emerged from it all to find you are not the same person that you were before the pandemic. But we have to be thankful for this experience because I know that I am not the same person that I was pre-pandemic. You are not the same person that you were pre-pandemic. Most people that are hearing my voice are not the same person. And that's a great thing because we learn so much about who we are, our faith, our resilience, our reserve, our crisis mode, and our ability to bounce back. Reed writes, an optimist always win about her battle with cancer. At the same time, dealing with a sense of hopelessness with the death of her mother. I asked God millions of times to take away the pain of losing my mother. That was my rock bottom. But when we have this level of resilience from our past experiences of knowing how to go through, that oftentimes when we really think about what it took to get through the, the past, it ignites our resilience and revitalizes our faith. Use your setbacks to strengthen your faith. Realize the purpose of the setback in your overall life plan. Whether you believe in your destiny being predetermined or things happening for a reason, something occurred during your setback that positively positioned you for the future. Optimists Always Win is a book that will encourage readers to look for the good in what happened to us in 2020. 
See, the key for all of us is to take time to look for the good so something positive can be pulled from what we've just walked through and still are walking to because we can we can overcome that. And we have to use this setback as motivation, as fuel. Every situation, whether it's good or bad, provides energy. But how you interpret or choose to use that energy is entirely up to you. Readers in Prayer That Optimists Always Win will resonate with tens of thousands of readers, with all royalties to be used to help others. With this book and because of my mother's giving and generous legacy that she had, that I'm going to donate all the proceeds to two charities. One is a healthcare research institution here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, um, to the Integrated Breast Cancer Research Fund and Patient Care. And the second is the American Cancer Society, the Philadelphia Hope Lodge. Here's how to get in touch with Kimberly Reed, author of Optimists Always Win. Optimists Always Win, purchase the book. All the book royalties are going to two charities. We're going to bless a whole lot of people. This is John Clemens reporting. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. Technology is not without its challenges. Police in California say they got a call in the middle of the night recently from a lady by the name of Yana Sidnor, who said that she and her two-year-old daughter were sleeping in their home when they were awakened by a sound she thought was a home intruder. She hid in the bathroom with her daughter while she waited for police to arrive. The police discovered the family's robot vacuum was responsible for the noise. (laughs) She says the vacuum hadn't been used in nearly two years, but for some reason her son had turned it on and it fell down the stairs. (laughs) So, all's well that ends well, I suppose, but a bit of a... uh, uh, an embarrassing moment there. Just thought it was a home intruder. Just turned out to be the robotic vacuum. <laughs> Elsewhere in today's broken news, speaking of uh, California, a California man has been sentenced to more than six years in prison for breaking into a home in the city of Orange and downloading adult material on the homeowner's laptop. He broke into the home to download porn uh the man pleaded guilty to the break-in was immediately sentenced on monday according to prosecutors the man broke into the home stole some refreshments from the refrigerator and then started using the computer to (laughs) download uh the explicit material he was tracked down after uh, traces of dna were found on the computer you can imagine Uh, why there were traces of DNA on the computer. Arresting officers also found the man with a pair of underwear belonging to one of the residents of the home he had broken into. So (laughs) Uh, now having the uh, calling the cops on the robotic vacuum doesn't sound like such a bad deal, does it? I mean, all things considered, why would you why would you break into a home just for that purpose? I mean, it's seems so much easier to just buy a computer of your own. You know what I mean? That's 
A Colorado man under arrest on claims that he set his girlfriend on fire. Now, apparently she is going to recover, but uh, police in Pueblo say Andrew Cox attacked uh, the woman last week after pouring a flammable liquid and setting her on fire. He got hers, though. Not only he got his, uh, not only was he arrested, police also say that uh, (laughs) they learned about the apparent crime after he was beaten by some drug buddies over the weekend. So apparently they found out what he had done, and that doesn't even sit well with other lowlifes. <laughs> drug buddies beat him up. Oh, man. <clears throat> I would guess that uh, she is looking for a new boyfriend. I was hard to believe. It seems like such a stable relationship. <clears> hmm. <throat> This is kind of weird. The broken news international file. A Buddhist monk in Thailand reportedly chopped off his own head as a way to bring him luck in the afterlife. This is a report uh, from the uh, Metro newspaper in the UK. It says the 68-year-old monk uh, built his own guillotine and left behind a note stating that he had done the act on his birthday as a way of praising Buddha, hoping that his sacrifice would allow him to reincarnate as a higher being. The, in response, the National Office of Buddhism urged local officials to clarify that giving money or freeing captive birds can be done as a spiritual sacrifice instead. That might, that might be a better option than beheading yourself. Just free some birds. <laughs> oh, I, ha- I hate to laugh when someone loses their life, but I mean, really? Come on. That's... And <laughs> just free some birds instead. And finally, in the broken news this morning, this is something you don't expect to get when you buy a new house now if you've ever bought a a new house my uh my son uh, just bought a new house and we were moving him in uh over the uh, past weekend and uh we noticed when we moved in that the previous owners had left a few things behind that they didn't want uh some of it my son decided to keep others you know stuff he decided to throw out but you know the previous homeowners had left some things behind that's not all that unusual but glenn stafford recently moved into new his new house in Derbyshire, England, and says the previous owners had left their cat. Uh, but not just leaving their cat. The previous owners had told them that their cat had recently gone missing. Uh, he had initially left out some food and milk to see if the cat would return, but after a few days passed and there was no sign of the animal, he stopped. A few weeks later, He said he heard meowing coming from one of the walls near the kitchen ceiling. When he investigated, he found the cat stuck in a space between the walls. He uh, contacted local animal control officers and a uh, rescuer took the cat to a local vet who found the animal was very hungry, but otherwise unharmed. They contacted the uh, former owner of the home, who is very grateful to hear that Molly the cat was safe and could be reunited with its owners. It is believed that the cat crawled through a waste pipe in the kitchen 
and was then unable to find a way out uh, from in between the walls of the house. <laughs> One of the things that you don't expect when you uh, buy a, a house is for the previous owner to leave the cat in between the walls. That's, but all's well that ends well. There you go. Uh, that is today's broken news update. Brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Take WFIN wherever you go with our updated mobile apps for iPhone and Android. And now you can listen to us on your Alexa device. Get the app at WFIN.com or in the App Store or Google Play. Plus, enable Alexa by searching for WFIN under Skills, and you'll soon be saying, Alexa, play 1330 WFIN. And the best part is the apps and skills are absolutely free. On the air at 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM, online at WFIN.com, and on your smartphone, tablet, and Alexa devices. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news, the statistics that shape our lives. A new survey ranks Massachusetts as the snobbiest state in the nation. Uh, This is a ranking based on factors including percentage of the population with a college degree, the percentage of degree earners in the arts and humanities, because I guess they would be, it's a rather snobby type of profession. Um, the number of Ivy League colleges within a specific state and the gallons of wine consumed yearly. <laughs> these, these all play into the uh, stereotypes of snobbery. Um I'm thinking it's interesting, the number of Ivy League colleges, that definitely uh, puts the New England states uh, ahead of the curve. And as you would expect, uh, Massachusetts and the other uh, New England states are right at the top of the list. Massachusetts, number one, uh, because the career website Zipia, which uh, created this list, says, in addition to being home to a prestigiously smug university... The state of Massachusetts is ridiculously more educated than the rest of the country and has a very strong appreciation for wine. So it all came together. Massachusetts, number one. Vermont is number two. Connecticut, number three. New York, fourth. New Hampshire, fifth. And the rest of the top ten, Rhode Island. And then California, Oregon, Maine, and Virginia. Those are the top ten. The least snobby states in the country, uh, predominantly in the South, which, again, not a big surprise. The bottom five, Alabama, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Mississippi, and West Virginia, the least snobby states in America. Ohio, by the way, is ranked 39th, which is, I think, eight spots below Michigan, I believe, is 31. So... So we're not as snobby as Michigan, although pointing that out may be a bit snobby, I think. Well, you'll recall we were talking the other day about how sustainability is the big buzzword in everything from the food we eat to the cars we buy. As we learned, it even applies to beauty and fashion. 
and why not toys as well? With Earth Day coming up, we all want to play our part and keep the planet clean, and that includes environmentally conscious playthings for our little ones. Child lifestyle expert and premier toy industry insider Elizabeth Werner is with us once again with the best in environmentally friendly toys. And Elizabeth, I guess this would fit into that category of learning through play. We've talked about how powerful of a learning tool that can be. Absolutely. Our children learn so much when they play. And we also know that when children learn something early in life, it seems to be a little easier to learn and sticks with them throughout their lives. So what a wonderful thing to introduce at a young age. Absolutely. So what do you have that can help uh, kids learn about recycling, for example, because that's really where sustainability begins? Yes. So I have today with me something called the Paw Patrol Rocky Reuse It Truck by Spin Master. Now, this is going to help us celebrate Earth Day because if you have a little one that watches Paw Patrol, one of the pup's name is Rocky. And Rocky is known to be the recycle pup. He always says things like, don't lose it, reuse it. Well, this reuse it truck comes from the actual show. So if your children watch it, they're going to recognize it right away. It's a recycling truck. Lots of working parts on this, levers so that they can lift up the front scoop and dump things into the back of the truck. The truck opens in the back like a real recycle truck. And as you were saying, through play, kids can learn a lot. And why not teach them to recycle? Well, even more than just playing with this amazing toy, Spin Master has a recycling program with TerraCycle. And we can then send in Spin Master's well-loved toys and games to be recycled and transformed into things like playgrounds and park benches. Awesome. So again, just bringing that completely full circle uh, for the kids. Uh, Also, uh, of course, a lot of toys you have uh, that are made from sustainable materials. That's right. So this year, VTech and LeapFrog are launching a variety of green electronic learning products, which is really exciting. One of the items comes from LeapFrog, and it's a set of wooden toys. So we haven't seen that from LeapFrog before. Well, it's going to be made with wood from well-managed forests, and when they incorporate plastic, that will be made from 90% reclaimed materials. So a lot less waste in the, in the landfills. One of the items is called the Touch and Learn Nature ABC Board. It feels and looks like a wooden toy, but it has an amazing curriculum built in. Lots of interactivity, letters and numbers. There's also an LCD screen on this, which comes to life with the letters and the numbers. So the kids are really learning. And this looks something like a tablet. Then they've also made the interactive wooden animal puzzle this is a traditional puzzle with four play modes, including fun animal names and sounds, colors, counting, and even Spanish. Awesome. Uh, you've got a couple of other uh, examples there of uh, green toys. Yes. Yeah, so one company is actually called Green Toys. You can check them out, greentoys.com. They're all made in the USA from 100% recycled plastic. No BPAs, phthalates, or PVC, even packaged with recycled and recyclable materials. Well, I'm looking at today something called the Double Decker Green Toys Car Carrier. You know, when you drive down the street with the kids and you see a big car carrier, they get so excited. Well, this looks like that. Comes with the cars, two levels, and even a couple of ramps. And this is going to encourage 
motor skill development, and a lot of creative play. I love the fact that it's uh, made in the USA uh, as well. So that's really going to resonate with a lot of folks as well. And then you have one more, I believe. That's right. So the crazy Zuru bunch of balloons. If you're like my family, I've got four kids. We love water balloon fights, but we want to make sure we're taking care of the environment. Well, Zuru bunch of balloons are the best-selling water balloons because you can fill and tie 100 balloons in 60 seconds. So this comes with a mechanism that attaches either to your hose or your faucet at home. You turn on the water. Well, there's these little tiny straws that lead down to the balloon that fill those balloons. And the balloons actually then fill to about three inches, self-tie, and come off the mechanism. So there you go. You've got 100 balloons to play with. Well, they're all made from 100% recycled plastic and are also 100% recyclable. So after the fun... Families can simply sign up with TerraCycle online, package up all those pieces, and ship them off to be recycled and transformed. A perfect example of how uh, going green with your toys uh, doesn't mean sacrificing any of the fun. This is uh, absolutely fabulous stuff, perfect with the summertime uh, months coming up. Toy industry insider Elizabeth Werner talking about environmentally friendly toys. We come up on Earth Day, and where do we get more information? Yes, you can go to our website, which is WernerInfo.com. We'll link it up on our webpage. Find it there. Elizabeth, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for having me. And that will wrap up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program as always. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the program at our webpage, goodmornings.net is where you find us online. Coming up tomorrow on the show, job killer or job creator, or could it be both? For Earth Day, a closer look at the impact of green energy on Ohio's economy from a blue-collar worker who's been on both sides. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.